One thing I know, crosses were not jewelry or tattoos when Jesus was on earth. Crosses were instruments of execution, brutal and shameful execution. Crosses were strictly for crucifixion, and crucifixion never had a survivor. (laughs) Just like none of us wear a gold electric chair on a necklace, and none of us gets an electric chair tattoo on our bodies. In the ancient Roman Empire, Crosses were cruel, not cool. Crosses were fearful, not fashion. The New Testament tells us what we need to know about crucifixion and crosses. I'm just going to read you a sampling of some New Testament verses about crosses and crucifixion. 1 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24 But we preach Christ crucified, to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and wisdom of God. Crosses were offensive foolishness. And then there's Philippians 2, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Crucifixion was shameful. The prophet Isaiah wrote 700 years before Jesus' birth, incarnation, He wrote 200 years before anyone invented or thought of crucifixion. And he said in Isaiah 53, 5, But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. This shows us that crucifixion was an instrument of wounding, crushing, and chastening. Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Crucifixion was a cursed death. Galatians 6.12, those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Jesus' cross was a cause for persecution and remains a cause for persecution today. This is not jewelry, and this is not tattoo. Like some kind of a track meet relay race, 
Crucifixion was a brutal baton which passed from the Assyrians to the Babylonians to the Persians to the Phoenicians to the Romans. And this revolting relay race took about 300 years. The Roman Empire used crucifixion to intimidate and to exterminate for roughly 500 years. The Romans left the dead on their crosses for a few days as a display to deter others from offending Rome. Most usually, slaves, disgraced soldiers, prisoners of war, foreigners, and Christians were crucified. Very rarely were Roman citizens crucified because the cross was below the Roman citizen. And after all, crucifixion shamed as much as it killed. Probably this is why the Roman citizen, the Apostle Paul, was beheaded instead of crucified. And crucifixions were anything but rare in Jesus' time. Thousands and thousands and thousands of persons were executed by the Romans on crosses. Jewish records report that there were some cases where as many as 1,000 persons at one time were crucified. And so when our Savior prayed in Gethsemane, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. When he prayed that, He was very well aware of all of the details of the bitter sufferings which filled that cup. It was an intensely emotional time for Jesus. Of course, in his humanity, the Lord felt every emotion that we feel. And just as Some things figuratively break our hearts. Certain things figuratively broke Jesus' heart. Things like sin and unbelief and death and expected agonies, but to name a few. Sin. You remember that Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Unbelief. Jesus regretted his men's forgetfulness about the miracles which they had seen him do. And Jesus wished that he didn't see more faith in a Gentile than he saw in his own people, the Jews. Death? He wept at Lazarus' tomb. Expected agonies? He sweat blood praying in Gethsemane before the cross. All these things, plural, broke Jesus' heart in a figurative way. But there was one thing that broke Jesus' heart in a literal way. 
really, the Lord Jesus died of a broken apart, ruptured heart. Why would I make that statement? I mean, after all, we all have been told that our Lord had spikes through his hands and spikes through his feet. And he lost a lot of blood. And he was dehydrated. To allege that a crucifixion victim died of a broken, open, wide, ruptured heart goes against all the engineered design of crucifixion. On purpose, crucifixion was diabolically contrived to ultimately cause an awful death by suffocation or asphyxiation. Panic and terrifying feeling of smothering were supposed to be the exclamation mark on the whole drawn-out nightmare of being crucified. Like a drowning, those who were nailed to a cross ultimately died because they no longer could breathe. On the cross that was built for a typical Roman crucifixion was a peg on the downbeam that functioned as a seat. Because crucifixion was engineered to make breathing hard, near the end, those crucified would have to struggle to push themselves up to open their lungs enough to catch air. And of course, that would be exhausting. So there was a peg seat. And what seems to be a mercy was myonolical. It just prolonged the suffering. When the hardened mercenary soldiers of Rome, who probably watched thousands of crucifixions each over their military careers, sensed that the victim was soon to suffocate, they generally would break the shin bones so that it would become not only excruciatingly painful to try to push up on the legs, but actually impossible. If they didn't do that, they would build a bonfire at the foot of the cross and let the smoke of the fire hasten asphyxiation or suffocation. But Jesus didn't die of suffocation or asphyxiation. He died of a broken heart, a broken, open, ruptured heart. In John 19, verses 29-35, we have helped to know the actual cause of Jesus' death. And focusing in on verse 34, we read, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately there came out blood and water. The immediate flow of blood and water indicated that Jesus Christ had physically and medically died. The sight of 
the blood and the water pronounced him dead. But beyond that, the immediate flow of blood and water pointed to the most probable cause of his death, a literally broken open and ruptured heart. When a human heart breaks open or bursts or ruptures, a sizable amount of blood mixes with the watery fluid that surrounds and cushions the heart. The medical name for this watery protective fluid around the heart is the pericardium. You might say that the pericardium is like bubble wrap, carefully wrapped around a fragile glass vase that we call a heart. When the Roman soldier who was monitoring Jesus Christ's cross speared our Lord, there was a puncturing of the pericardium, and the pericardium's contents gushed out, blood and water. Where there should only have been water, there was blood and water, evidence of a ruptured and a broken open heart. No asphyxiation for the Lord, Instead, a broken-apart heart. No suffocation for Jesus. Instead, a broken, open heart. In the time of the infancy of the automobile, Henry Ford saw that his production line broke down. Of course, this was a costly problem for Ford, And so he called in the best engineer that he knew to help. The men came to the factory, tinkered around with a couple of things, and the production line was quickly back up and running. The man gave Mr. Henry Ford a bill for a large amount of money. I don't know what the amount was, but let's say it was a 1000 Ford objected, you tinkered with something for less than five minutes, And you dare to charge me $1,000? Yes, sir. $1 for the tinkering and $999 for knowing what to tinker with. The issue that is fixed by Jesus Christ's cross, the thing that most needed masterful repairing and tinkering of God was human sin. Had there been no sin, there would have been no cross. But human sin put the Lord on the cross. And human sin kept the Lord on the cross. And human sin tormented the Lord on the cross. When the Lord Jesus carried our sins on himself, his father pulled back from him. His father broke fellowship with him. Our sins caused our Savior his deepest suffering. The eternal relationship between God the Father and God the Son snapped apart during the time when the perfect Son 
put on the filthy clothing of our sins. What eternally had been agreement switched to abandonment. Delight between God the Father and God the Son was traded for despair. And it was the stress and the strain of this abandonment and broken fellowship and despair that literally broke open our Lord's heart. A cardiac rupture due to a crushed relationship. We get a glimpse into this in Matthew 27, 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This Aramaic language question of anguish was our Savior's terminal trauma of being forsaken by his Father for the first time in all of eternity. Of course, our Savior knew why his Father temporarily broke fellowship with him. Jesus knew that he was carrying human sin He knew that he was having human sin imputed to him. He knew that he was absorbing God's justified wrath for us. He knew that he was taking the spankings which were coming to us. He knew that he was dying the death that sinners should die. He knew that he was dying to give repentant sinners the life that they could not have lived. Savior knew all of these things. So why, why did he ask? Why did he ask? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Was it that the question itself underlined and revealed the excruciating pain he was feeling? Excruciating pain at so many levels, physical, emotional, mental, psychological, relational, theological, excruciating pain. Could it be anything like the anguished father who asked his wife why she was driving their son to soccer practice when they got into a car crash that killed the boy? The distraught father knew exactly why his wife was driving to the soccer field. But by asking her why she was doing that errand, he really was stating how intensely sorrowful he was over the accident that killed their son. When our Lord Jesus asked, Father, Father, why have you forsaken? He was opening eyes, our eyes, to the leveling load of pain which he was experiencing. A nearly broken open, a nearly ruptured heart was the genesis to the Lord's question, my God, 
my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Lord Jesus Christ died of a literally broken heart. And it was our sin that caused the rupture. As we come to the Lord's Supper to eat and to drink, the symbols, the emblems, the memorials, let's dwell on the Lord's broken heart. Let's consider the vileness of our sins, which broke his heart. And let's consider the virtue of his love, which made him accept that breaking. Crosses were not jewelry or tattoos. Jesus' cross was our justification and truce. Our Savior did not die of suffocation or asphyxiation. He died of a broken heart.